Chaim, Chaim. Chaim, for the birthday cake. It is our birthday today. We yeah. 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 We, d- we specifically del- ordered the ones with the pink and purple <laughs> flowers, you know? And the balloons, whatever. Yeah, the balloons also are from. Not making a big so. thing out of it. <laughs> Let's do it right after the show. Do it. Did you find the negative message? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I heard it. I've heard each bit, but not together. So that's, that's from, you know, the Solomon's book. It's, uh, Because when I found out, I love his Oh, Adi. You know, we're Einicle from the Daigle. Really? Yeah, I remind me. Which means you're an Einicle of the Baal Shemach. Which means you're an Einicle of the Maral and the Dabra you have on It should be a year, Hashem, for us and for everybody, because it's always a new birthday. Ramesh, I didn't say anything yet, but also. It should be a year full of bracha. It should be a year full of mazel. It should be a year full of clarity. It should be a year, a year full of elevation and success and geula of every kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one was, this was the last Torah I taught in Chicago before we moved out to Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Old days, what was that? Six years ago? I'm not sure. I'm Siata de Shmaya Shkai, I only do birthday kigo with candles like that. Okay, so with Siata de Shmaya, we're going to start with the side of the page that says Lukutumran 109. Just Kuftesk. And with Hashem's help, we're going to try to go through this Indian, and it seems like it is a lot because it's it's two short tires. The way that it's set up on the paper is a little bit fleshed out, but we mamish need to see both of them. So we're going to try to make our way through it, but Omek, but also with a degree of of Zrizus. So that we can get through the whole thing together, we see after Shmaya. Says the Heliger Rebbe's Chusiyah Gunalein of Al Kol Yisrael Amen. Yesh Hevel Asher Nasala Aretz. In quotes the pasuk in Kayelas, where Kayelas says Yesh Hevel, there's a vanity, there's a futility, there's an absurdity. That happens on this earth, that you find righteous people, you see that there are tzaddikim, that the way that they experience life is the way that you'd expect a, a wicked person to experience life. You write Rishon or you write Sakuna? Rishon. 
Who? Kaelas? No, I'm just telling you the rest of the Pasuk. Alright. Because he's gonna he's gonna make reference to it. And you can actually see in the bold, if you look a little bit in the middle of the page, you'll see them. And then he says, And you find ostensibly wicked people or people that are not seemingly deserving who live a life of prosperity and a life of shalva, which of course is like the oldest question ever, right? It's the question of Rashiva Toivot Tzadik Viralei. It's the question that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to know when he says, he wanted to see the face of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Kaddish Baruch Hu said, just the It's the deepest sight in the world. It's the sight of faith. It's the sight of shtika. It's the question that Moshe Rabbeinu asks when he sees Rabbi Akiva's flesh being scraped off of him. And a Kaddish Baruch Hu tells him, not an answer, but a Kaddish Baruch Hu tries to convey to Moshe Rabbeinu the very futility of asking. Shtoik. Kach alabimachshava. Shtoik. Reaches a level that's beyond the human being's ability to grasp. It's the sight of faith. It's the sight of paradox. It's the sight of struggle. It is the limitation against which we constantly strive but can never, but can never transcend. That's the demarcating line between human consciousness and a divine consciousness. That sometimes the way that we'd expect HaKadosh Baruch Hu to unfold reality doesn't align with our human conception. And on the one hand, it's the most difficult part of being a Jew, being a person that believes. But on the other hand, if we're Zaycha, therein lies the space of faith. Therein lies the opportunity to jump into the void and to be held by this kind of emuna that yesh din v'yesh dayan, maybe operating according to an order that's beyond, beyond what we're able to see in this little fragment of a 120-year lifetime, at this place and at this point in history, shtoik, silence. Not have the question, but don't ask it, but that the very question echoes within a void of meaninglessness to ask such a question, because the question doesn't start, at least klape shmaya galia. We must struggle with it. And in a moment of struggle, Kehelis, which the whole Kehelis is born out of a moment of struggle, which is why Kehelis is so incredibly um, relevant for us today in our generation. Kehelis is mamish, predated the modern consciousness 2,000 years, Kehelis. Most people don't learn it. Most people zone out when it's read on because it's very long. And the people that do focus on what's being read like you know you basically end it and everybody has like the same like raised eyebrows and you close it and just like this cracks like the heck is that about okay let's get back to sukkahs like what is what is going on what's kahelis it's it's the most pessimistic broken conception of reality but the truth is that if we really understand it if we mamish understand it thank you so much for coming if we really understand it the truth is that kahelis is mamish mamish aligned mamish aligned with so much of what we struggle with today, with so much of what we're questioning, with so much of what perhaps you can you can refer to it as postmodernism, this realm where truth is subjective and everybody has their own position and nobody knows what's up and what's down and nobody—it's a world of heaven. Kehelis comes to address that, and Kehelis comes to tell us, "Soif davar hakol nishma." After all of your questioning. So the Kimura of Esmisvois of Shamar.
adam. I was thinking a little bit earlier today, and I mentioned this also to somebody I was living with last week. It's a story I'll tell you a different time. What a privilege to be alive. Amish. Somebody once came to the Balatanya with a whole list of questions he had. A whole list of questions. I don't know if it was questions in learning, it was questions in Ashkafa, questions in life. Questions. He comes to the Balatanya. Maybe they had prearranged a meeting. He sits down, the Balatanya is on one side, he's on the other side. And he begins to, to read off all of his questions. Maybe even with a sense of a sense of urgency, maybe even with a little bit of anger, where all questions really are born, because nobody's objective. Every single person is speaking out of their own experience and out of, the, out of their own, um, out of their own chilek of human consciousness. So the Balatanya listens as he reads through question, question, question. And he looks up, maybe with tear-filled eyes, I don't know, but he looks up, and the Balatanya is just sitting there, and he's waiting for answers. And this is what the Balatanya answers. You ready? Zeo. This is what the Balatanya answered him. And it's not saying that the questions don't exist. It's not suggesting that we can't answer the questions. It's that there's a way of transcending. Is that there's a way of being battled in by questions to the point that the questions themselves and the need to ask them and the need to be trapped by them is itself what traps you in them. Because there's a way of mamish climbing above, I think we called it in a previous year, you know, peering beyond the rim of life. I think we called it, I don't know, maybe Thursday night I said, to look inside, to look inside, to find a way to move into that shtika. It's not easy. This is all Tarasam Chedalad, which maybe one day we'll learn together. The Nigan of the Tzaddik is itself an answer, but it's a non-answer. It's giving us the feeling that there are two modes of being and one is irresolvable but it's resolvable in as much as we have the freedom of choice to step out of it, not to allow ourselves to be chained by it. And therein lies the, the solution. Soif Davar, okay, Soif Davar, you're right. This world is futile, this world is absurd. This world is meaningless, this world, yesh hevel ha-shanas There's questions, there's questions. Yesh hevel, Soif Davar, ha-kol nishma. Okay, now let's start to sing. Esalikim yura. That's Mitzvah of Shemar. It doesn't come out of the same soil. It's a different garden like Gamri. This is the Pasuk from Kehles. Now, listen to what the Rebbe does with this. Perish says the Rebbe's Chusiyagunaleinu, Hainu. What is Hevel? Hevel translated here is vanity. It's seen as a metaphor. What is Hevel? Hevel means a breath. It means full of empty air. It's empty. It's mamish nothing. There's nothing in it. Toihu vavoihu, right? We're bewildered by, by the nothingness that's inside. It's just empty. Hevel. Empty world. But the Rebbe takes it very literally. Says the Rebbe, you know what this Hevel is referring to? It's talking about a krechs, about a Jewish sigh. A great sigh that the Jew is almost synonymous with, at least in 
the historical conception. Everybody knows the Jewish krechs, right? the Jewish sigh. Yeah, we've had a lot to sigh about. But more than this, that we've had a lot to sigh about, I think it's more than that. I think that everybody has a lot to sigh about all the time. But I think that the Jew is very sensitive to things in, a, in an existential, objective way. We care about things. We care about the world. We take things very seriously. Things hit the Yid differently, whether you like it or not. News hits the Jew differently. Or a nation of Rahmanim Bashanim Goim Lichasadim. We are, by hook or by crook. We sigh, because this world is worth sighing over. We care. Kol echalafi erkoi. Every person sighs, it's a madrega. You have to be on the madrega. To mamish sigh, you know, mamish let out a, one of our matas, you know, oh, you know, like, oh, you have to be on the madrega. Tzadikim, right? Kol echalafi erkoi. See, he says like this, he says, there are two kinds of sighing. Sadikim yelchu, Says Rabbi Nachman, this concept of the Jewish krechs, of the sai, is the demarcating factor between one kind of person and another kind of person. Pili plois. Listen to how he lays this out. Yesh Rasha Kol Yamav. He says there's a person, I don't like to translate this as wicked. I, I, I really don't know what wicked means. Never met a wicked person. I've met hurt people, angry people, confused people, uneducated people. I've never met a Russia really. But there's a person that's not living or manifesting his ultimate potential. And then there comes a point in life where we take stock of the way we've been living. And it's not a matter of, are we at fault? Are we guilty? Are we not guilty? Are we ashamed? We're not, it's not a matter of that. It's just Metzias. I don't want to live this way anymore. This is not serving me to live this way. My life is in shambles, and every time I try to make things better, the, the things that I hold on to actually make things worse. And this is the way that it goes again and again and again. I'm finished. I'm finished. He cracks over what was. Says the Rebbe, and it's hard to imagine, but he says it's true. Imagine a person that's mamash been doing everything right. But then, then he looks back over life, and he sighs over all the righteousness, and he sighs over all the alignment, and he sighs over all the effort, and all the success maybe that, he, that he's even seen. In a moment of, of, of bilbul, and these two Jews sit next to one another, and both of them are sighing, but for completely different reasons, and in, in completely contrary ways. Well, now the Rebbe says, I want to let you know that there are two chavalim, there are two ropes. There's a chevel de kedusha. There's a rope of holiness. Ukenegdai de tuma. And there's also a rope of impurity. Now, the Rebbe is really playing on the word hevel. Because Chazal say that the he and the ches are really interchangeable. Right? We have different drushas, hinaki, chinaki. There are different drushas in Chazal that take the he and say that you can read it as a ches. So hevel is really chevel also. Hevel and chevel. Two, two, they're really the same. So the Rebbe says, okay, if there's two kinds of hevel, which he's going to get to in a minute, which he already started to explain, there are two chavalim as well. And says the Rebbe, it's so much as sometimes we, 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 we fall into the trap of believing that it's no longer true for us. The Rebbe says, it's always true for you, but for you, daika. Because like Rebbe Dessler says, bechira is subjective. Every person, taka has bechira, but your bechira might not look like my bechira. And there may be a place within my Bechira where your Bechira, Taka, doesn't reach. Or there may be a place within your Bechira where my Bechira doesn't reach. 
Every person has an akudas habachira, a place where they can choose within a relative framework. And their taka might be a place where I still have bachira, but you may not have bachira. And this goes latavalumutav. Just a, a pashat example. Thank you very much. A pashat example, right? A, a person that's just starting the tshuva journey. For him, it's mamish a struggle to turn on the light on Shabbos or not to turn, to use the phone or check the news. It's mamish within his bachira. I hope it's true. I think it's true. That if somebody came to my house, knocked on the door and offered me a million dollars, I'm in cold hard cash, laid it out on my dining room floor and told me to turn the light on on Shabbos. It's not, it's not, mm -hmm. we spoke before, it's not an option. It's not, it's not like, it's a, it's, it's a struggle. It's push it outside the getter of what I choose to do, what I choose to do. It's a million, so then, yeah, a million, I'd say well, even five, right? Yeah. Even a hundred, I don't you know. You give them a bit of it and they potentially yeah, might do it for you, right? <laughs> five million dollars is probably the money dirty. <laughs> I would tell him to come back on Sunday. I'll turn on as many lights as you want. You know, I, I, I would like to I would like to imagine I would like to uh, to imagine that it's not in my bechira, and it's not a matter of halacha or not halacha. There are other things also that maybe even are mutter. There are certain things that it's 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 it touches it's no get to the essence of my life, and so so what? So I'm gonna I'm gonna obtain a certain currency for the procurement of this worldly things, and thereby destroy the foundation for which I was brought into the world for in the first place. Hello. It's hello and yan. It's not the same conversation, Michal, like we said before. I have many things that are unfortunately within my Bukhir that I'm sure to many other people, but they would view the same way as turning on a light in Shabbos. And all of us, this is the way that all of us live, but it's a big chizik because a lot of people would come to believe that based on my perception of the way in which people assume that a Jew should live, I find that there are certain things that are impossible for me. So I don't have Bechira. And then the whole thing is finished. And you don't get the brownie points. What's that? I mean, if there's no Bechira, then it's... And then you, you don't, well, you don't get brandy points and maybe there's no guilt. And so let me just continue to live however I'd like to. And I can justify living a certain way. And I despair of ever being able to grow, right? Within that stuckness that this is, this is just the way things are. And it's not a matter, again, it's not a matter of guilt. Maybe it was because of past experiences or the family I was brought up in or, or, different, or different facts or circumstances of life. But the Rebbe says, on your level, on my level, wherever we are at a given moment in time, there is a Bechira left for you. There is. It may not look like the next guy's Bechira. It's true. That's fine. Part of the complexity of that, like Rabbi Tugentav spoke uh, on Shal Shud, is it like for the Ishbitzer and Precious Pinchas and other places, you'll, you'll never really know. You can never objectively know, right? If, if I should have, so you always have to push. Okay, so it's a delicate thing. But all of us have a place where mamish we could move, where we could move. And the Rebbe says, it's no gea to the essence, to the essence of it. Listen to this. Mi shemekadesh atzmoi. A person that chooses in the moment to make some kind of move on any level, machshaba dibur maisa, as we're going to learn, to be mekadesh himself. In that moment, mekasher atzmei bechevel de kedusha, your pashit connected to a different stream of life than others might be connected to in that moment. Mamish, you're holding on to a rope of kedusha. But the truth is. Is also true for the opposite. In that moment, a person that chooses to act in a way of, of impurity, which again is just a code word for ego, for, for self. 
in all of its various expressions, in that moment, that moment is connected to the Chavel Tetum. Says the Rebbe, an amazing thing. This kind of sigh, this kind of krech, is mamish an aspect of misa, of death. Beguf nefesh. He says, the Gemara in Brachas already tells us, a real good sigh from the depth. Oh, it just it breaks the whole body down. It renders you incapable of moving forward. You're just sitting there and crashing. You're sighing. Your whole body is, is infirm. It's unable to move. But of a nefesh gamke, the Rebbe says it's true on a soul level as well. It's known what it says in Tehillim. When their breath, it, it, it fades away. Or rather, toisif rucham, sorry, when Akadish Baruch Hu collects the ruach of a living being, yigvon, passes away. What's the last thing that a human being does on this earth? He breathes. One last time. And then yigvon, then it's a corpse, and Hashem is gone. Azai yigvon, that's the last thing that happens, is a, is a deep breath. Says the Rebbe, any time that a Jew cracks, that a Jew takes a deep sigh, if you'll really focus on what's happening, the way that it's drawn into the throat, if it stops there, you're dead. Right? Because what's a sigh? A sigh is a very deep breath. You take it in at that moment, it takes up the measure of the ordinary cycle of in, out, in, out, which is the flow of life. You take in a deep breath, something stopped. The regular flow of the way in which life draws from breath, breathing in, breathing out, even we're not conscious of it most of the time, Mamish, from the moment that we come out of the womb for 120 days, 120 years, never stops, ever. It's through all of what you go through, sometimes quicker, sometimes less. Vaharaya, you're alive, you're living. It never stops. Shalom Avracha, thanks for coming, Rabbi Never stops, in and out. But a deep sigh, in that moment, as it were, there's like a chance that there's a chance that it's mama stopping. You breathe in and you hold. So he says, It's mamish breathing in and that's it. The ruach stops. Because mamish, if you were to hold it a minute longer, you'd, you'd be gone. It's mamish holech ad misa. Take a deep, deep, deep breath and hold it. It's like a whisper of death. The heart was still pumping. That's true, but only based on the oxygen you just breathed in. Right. When that's fully absorbed and oxygenized into the body, CO2 builds up and you're finished. Not you. So now he says, a person who, just to fill in the context, is what we would call holding nowhere, as it were. His mom's not in a good place at all. No mitzvahs, no maizim toivim, nothing. All he's done, let's say, there's such a thing, which is, of course, impossible. A person with no nekudas toivis. Of course, it's not possible. But a person, imagine, mom is from the earliest, earliest, earliest days, ben soyer umayra, that they never killed. You know, it's just, it just continues on in this way. And then one day, something changes. And he starts to sigh, and he starts to have a little bit of regret. And it's more regret, it's a rutzon tov. It's mamish a rutzon, I want to be better. 
I want to be better. I want to move into the realm of Shtika, into the realm of Zimra. Into the realm where I'm not anymore bound by the confounding complexities of living, which of course are there, and faith does nothing to do away with them. That is faith. To be aware of the brokenness of life. Emunah is not an imagined utopia. Certainly not our faith. It recognizes the brokenness of the world. But it's daika. It's, da, it's not afal pikein. Somehow we find a way to believe. Daika there. Daika there. Give up, give up, give up. Whatever level of certainty we have that things should be different, give it up. We don't know. Don't know. Don't know. So in that moment, he's ready to transcend. A person mamish wants to return, return to Hashem, return to the deepest depth of our true identity, of our core desire. He says the Rebbe an amazing thing. It seems easy. But it has to be genuine. In this krechs, it's Ke'ilu, he dies from his former self. He took a deep breath. Yigvan becomes Mamash a corpse. There's a hepsik, the nidbak kedusha, and something new begins. With the Svasemis today, Avram Avinu's, in this week's parasha, Avram Avinu's, you know, wells that he dug, they get, clo- they get covered up. And then Yitzchak Avinu is able to dig new wells. There's a hefzik. The breath, Mamash, covers over whatever was. Just one little breath, one little krechs, one little ratzam tov, one little moment of awakening. And it's not stam. Okay, that was a good moment. And then you breathe out and you're right back to who you were, says the Rebbe. For however many minutes you're willing to sustain that, like a sustained pedal on a keyboard after you hit a note. However long you're willing to keep your foot on that pedal, you are pushed, connected to a chevel de kedusha, to the to the to the tradition of negina, to the realm of shtika, to the realm of faith. You're not the same person you are. You're not. You're not. It's a, it's a change in mitzias. Unbelievable thing. Unbelievable thing. The same is true for the opposite. A person who's done nothing but good his whole life. But then but a person gives a, a strong krechs. And inside, inside, obviously not on the most essential level, because on the most essential level, we're always yearning for Kedusha. But on some place, subconsciously, or now consciously, he demonstrates this, that he was never really fully there. There was always a part of him that wasn't really aligned with this mode of living in a positive, holy way. And it was conditioned, whether because he was brought up that way in a family that these things were expected or whatever it was, it was conditioned. It's not real. Says the Rebbe, a scary thing, as I nigva menesaf rucha de kedusha. So again, that hevel, that experience of a misa in that moment will cause him to be disconnected from the hevel of kedusha, the nidbak alatoma. In that moment, he becomes connected to the other rope. Says the Rebbe, this is pshat on the Pasuk. Mizehu. Yesh hevel. Says the Pasuk in Kayhelas, Yesh hevel. 
This is a reference to the big crest. Thank you so much for coming. To the big sigh. And says the Rebbe, you know what this sigh can accomplish? And they give out this big gavaldic crest. And you know what happens? And at that moment, everything shifts existentially and they're immediately connected to a different rope. Which is not shy for any of us. We're, we're the, the next two lines. But still, to know there's such a metzias. Um, and I'm, I'm going to explain in a minute. Hopefully, with Siat Hashem, I try to explain. Try to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. To explain a little bit. To pretend that I could explain why this is relevant. We'll see in a minute. That's how the Rebbe is learning it. Yesh Hevel... That the school of this hevel, of this breath, is that yesh sadikim, that breathe in such a way where they regret what they did. And you know what that causes? In that moment, they're connected to the other rope. But that they give out this strong crest, this strong sigh, this deep desire, this yearning for things to be different. Not in a religious sense that, oh, you know, life is so wonderful, but I know that I'm living for the ego, and now I'm going to have to twist myself into a pretzel to really live in accordance with halacha, the way that I'm supposed to, the way that I know that I should, to try to be a good person. We're not talking about that. We're talking about our crisis. Which, which really means we're, we're talking about my crisis. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm just being bold enough to suggest maybe some of you feel the same way. The crisis of realizing that that life that presumably on the surface I felt would be a life that would give me a measure of Yishava Das in this world is not working. Is Pashit not working? So it's not anymore a matter of, okay, you know, it's so difficult to really change my life because my life is so good. And I really love Gashmius and I, and I really love getting drunk every Shabbos. And, and I just, I really adore just like, you know, mom, it, it fill in the blank of whatever it is that we're engaged with. We mom should enjoy it. It's so tough, I have to give that up for like, you know, some, some old rabbi from 200 years ago is telling me, go out to the field and be misspited a little bit and live life for real. It's hard. That's not the crisis of our generation. The crisis of our generation is not that the physical Gashmi world is, ho- is so hopeful that it's hard to let go of. It's that we're so miwash, we're so in despair, both of the Gashmius and of the Ruchnius, that it's, that it's moot to move from where we are just because it's not worth the effort. That's the crisis of our generation. You hear the difference? It's not, it's not the, the, the natural conception of what it used to be. It's very different. So I don't think there's anybody at this table and I know that I feel this way, that, that would suggest that Mamash, the quote unquote, the good life is the life that all of us have tasted in our own little way. That somehow religion is like opposed to that, like the really good life. It's a joke. Because in our dar, of Hashem, of, 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 of so much privilege, big Ashmias, the lesson that we've learned over the past couple of years with the, you know, $10,000 bas mitzvahs and, yeah, is that a lot? I don't know. I mean, like, uh, no, not at all. Okay, fifty. I don't know. However much people are spending, I don't know my size, but whatever, whatever people are spending, whatever it is, with all of this, week after week after week, like it's nauseous, or it's just, a, it's a nausea. A nausea arises in the heart, and and it takes a lot of courage in a chevra that's all connected to this. To mom must be the first one to say it because everyone's feel it's just nausea already. And then we look back in the Mishnah Pirkei Avos, pas b'melach a little bit of bread with salt, asrech b'olam That's the Ulamazah in this world. Enough, 
enough today where you can order every kind of thing and have every kind. It's not a matter of whether it's right or wrong. It's, not, it's just a matter of it's nauseous already. So Admasai. Admasai. I'll remind you of what we learned from Rav Kook two weeks ago. Makim menuchasenu hurak belukim. Period. The place of our comfort is in godliness. And that's the end of, that's the saif davar hakal nishma. Makim menuchasenu hurak belukim. And, I'm, and again, I'm just speaking to make it sound like I'm, I mean to give muster to anybody. I'm talking to myself and, I, and I'm trying to remind myself of this and I have a hard time. I have a hard time for, for, for a couple of reasons. I have a hard time because it's, like I said before, it's difficult to trust that there's anything better because we're so, we're so burnt already that, that, it's, that it's hard to mamish take the plunge and to, and to, and to drive a half hour and to, and to walk in the rolling hills of wherever, wherever it is that Shimbi was able to be and, uh, and, and to mamish believe that that's the good life because it's, it's just hard because we've, we've all been burnt. And, and because a little bit, there's like a glimmer of like, ah, like, oh, so maybe my mashkiach in 10th grade was right. You know, like, like maybe like this is all the old tires that I thought I was going to be the big chacham and I have to go back to it. So there's there's a lot of levels and it and it's hard and it's all klipa and it's all but and I'm telling myself all the time to man up you know it's hard but this is what I'm telling myself and through the Rebbe it's not like going back home it's mamish going forward home mamish going forward home it's not going back to the same kind of thing that we all heard and. You know, we tried to break away from and like, Nebuch. It's mamish forward. It's, it's a whole different conception. It's the Shleim HaMalach Kohelis type of language. I saw it all. I saw it all. And now I come back to Yiddishkeit from a much more educated perspective where hopefully we can make a healthy synthesis between the two, but with honesty. Sorry, I missed the beginning. Is there a Pashat Pashat in that Pashat? Yeah, there is a Pashat Yeah. Maybe the Rebbe's Pashup Shat, and maybe that's, I don't know <laughs> who said because our school translates it that yeah, way, that's no, Pashup Shat. <laughs> no, the Pashup Shat is, is, is the classic question of Rosh Vatoivlo and Sadik Veraloi, right? That there's a Hebel, he says, that there's a Sadikim, that Magiyalim Kamaisa Rishayim, they suffer through life like the wicked, and there are Rishayim that, that enjoy life like a Sadikim, a, a general Hebel, that it's, it's vain. It's vain. That's the Pashup Shat. Let's finish this piece. We'll turn the page. Vaaklali says, Ki Says the Rebbe, everything is always in a system of checks and balances. A scary thing. At any given moment, you're either connected to one or the other. Especially in our dar, because in this generation, we're mamish perceptive of it. We live in a generation, not to be coarse, we live in a generation where you could have two tabs open on your, on your Google browser. One could be mamish Tomei Thomas 50 Sharon and Ganem, and the other one could be Shari Yashar uh, Gogulim from Nariza, because you're in the middle of doing research. This is this is our generation. We we're, we're mamish honest. We've experienced it. It's open. It's mamish open like an open book. None of us have the privilege anymore of fooling ourselves or sinking into ambiguity. We know exactly where we are at a given moment. I want to stress to you, Anachnu Dar Mitsuyan. We li- we're living in a wondrous generation, but it's a unique one. And it takes really somebody with his eyes open, a finger on the pulse to really get the sense for what it is. And a lot of people misunderstand the dar. We have the potential and the kalim dafka us to mamish live a Yiddishkeit on such a level that the previous generations couldn't dream. We are not a generation that fools ourselves. We're a generation of total honesty. 
And the Rebbe says, because he was Mamish speaking to Ardar, he says, at any given moment in time, you're connected to one rope or the other rope. And with a little bit of reflection, and it doesn't have to be a lot, you'll know exactly which rope you're connected to every single moment. Because we're very self-aware. Because Hashem has blessed us, begashmias. And everybody should have parnas of Hashem. And Hashem has blessed us in this generation, relatively speaking, where we no longer have this inion of, of, of being so focused on just, you know, the, the bottom two rungs of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like shelter and drink and food. We live in ourselves very, very much. And we've learned a lot about ourselves. So the Rebbe says, close your eyes and focus. Which rope are you connected to? Because you're never connected to both. You're never connected to both, not fully. You gotta be connected to one of these ropes at any given moment in time. And the moment that we're disconnected from one rope, you're immediately gonna be sucked in because the suction uh, energies of this dar are also very, very powerful. We live in a tension. Can't you feel it? We mamish live in a tension in this generation. It's unbelievable. And the Rebbe says, you, you mamish got to hold us like one of those scenes, you know, like with the helicopter blades, like you got to hold on or the plane that's flying and he's trying to, th this is the general, there's nobody sitting on a chair who's just mamish sitting. All of us are buzzing with, with intensity. And then that intensity is a, is a result of all the forces that are pulling on us so powerfully that if we're not completely committed to one thing, we're committed to no things. In this generation, if Hashem is not everything to you, he's nothing to you. It's not anymore one of those things where I have a plethora of things I like to do in life and one of them is religious experience. It's not enough in this dar. It's not enough. Hashem is either everything or nothing. See, he says, Mamish, which are we connected to? Al-Kain, he says, therefore, if it's so easy, he says, to Mamish recalibrate, to die in a, in a, in a certain sense, Mamish like, okay, that's it's like, you know, to give yourself up and then to come back a little bit blind in a holy way, a little bit blind, like Yitzhak Avinu, who came back to a world that he could no longer see, which means to say that Imamish saw past all the regular, like mundane shtuyot that people are, are so trapped in, trapped in. Imamish blind to this world. Like the Rebbe speaks about the blind beggar, for example, and the seven beggars, or in Tarasamach, and Tarasamach, hey, the Rebbe speaks about about closing one's eye, and he even uses a lashem v'dach like push your eye in with your finger, it's an avoida. So close your eyes, the chayz alma, from seeing this world. The Rebbe wanted us to be here, but the Rebbe Mamash wanted us to be a sulamut of arza. There's Mamash conceiving of the world in a completely different way. We call this in English a paradigm. With two people, <clears throat> maybe even two brothers, let's say, maybe even two twins, they look exactly alike, they were born in the same family, with the same parents, the same circumstances, went to the same school, experienced the same things. Obviously not exactly the same, but pretty, pretty much. And they can mamish be living two completely different lives, depending on which paradigm they're seeing the world out of. That's what we refer to as a paradigm shift, right? It's the same world, but all of a sudden, from one moment to the next, it's a completely different world. It's a paradigm shift. The Rebbe's Torah is not intending to teach us some nice interpretations, uh, remas and a pasuk, or even some chizuk, or even, 
The Rebbe, which is what we spoke in our first year, if you remember, there seems to be some kind of order in our year, and it's not out of planning, it's Mamash just Kodesh Baruch but we started with the Moichin of the Tzadik. Moish Rabbeinu. L'chul chazu. Remember, even those that are on the Bechin of Raglayim are able to see. Yitzchak to become blind to this world, to see things clearly. But the Rebbe once said to his Hasidim, and I think about this often, The Rebbe said that the world is going to see us dancing and they're going to think we're mad because they can't hear the music. <coughs> because they can't hear the music. This happened to have been echoed by a very different kind of personality, Lahavdal Elavavdal, by a German philosopher. I'm not sure who got it from whom. I don't know. I have to check when they lived because Renachman was, was, was holding also. I don't know. But whether he borrowed it or he originated it, it makes no difference. This is a very, very deep conception. This is what the Rebbe wanted. He wanted Yidin that our mom is dancing through life and everybody else can't grasp it, not because what they're doing is irrational, but because they're Pasha tuned into a higher frequency where the mom is perceived, going back also to the story of the exchanged children, right, where, where all the animals are, are making noise and this and that, and, and, the, and the man tells them, listen very deeply, and all of a sudden they hear it's a melody. All the noise, huh? that itself is the melody. This is the Moichin of the Rebbe. That itself is the melody. It's not, it's not Afal Pikein, even though the world is broken. Daika. The more things fall apart, give Valter Bani Shalom. Is this you? Is this you? It could only be you. Could only be Hashem. It could only be such absurdity. Such Hevel. It could only be Hashem. Daika. Says the Rebbe, therefore, I'll king toiv lahargilas atzmilisaneach al maisoshenum toivim. The Rebbe says it's a good thing to get in this habit. And it's the easiest thing to do. It takes nothing. It just takes a moment of being real, a moment of inwardness, a moment of hearing the music, a moment of hearing the silence. To really krechs. And this is the point, to yearn. As you're sighing, to live the way that we know that we can be living. Or to be desperately expressing our yearning to have the privilege of holding on to hope that we can live in a different way. That's also good. Not that I want to be better. Rabbi Shalom, I so deeply yearn to believe that there's a better way of being. It's also Madriga. says the Rebbe, this sigh, not just it's a good thing in the moment, the sigh is itself the answer. It has a pu'ula, nifsak mi chevel de tuma. It enables us to be disconnected from the chevel of tuma, the niskasha bechevel de kedusha. Mamish. It's a reset. It's mamish like a little mikvah. But you have to hold on to the sustain pedal. And that's what's tough. And so that's why we need to mamish just press this key again and again and again, which means always, always being margal ourselves to krechs a little bit. How does how does this fit with um, <clears throat> with Tommy Lewis Besimcha and like to focus always on the good in every situation and to dance through it kind of thing? Is there any greater simcha than a, than a, than a krechs like this? Is there any greater simcha than believing that a simple krechs that elicits the deepest essence of who I am is able to mamish recreate me as a new Matthias in that moment? How do we define simcha? Does simcha mean? 
you know, dancing on a, yeah, on a truck or not on a truck the whole day. I'm sure that's a part of Simcha. I'm sure that's a, that's a mule, the shus, a to the Kedusha, I'm not. But this is not a steer to that. Simcha is balev. It doesn't mean a smile on my face. The Rebbe himself told Rav Nassim and the Chassidim, he said, Ma'anigla Shali, don't learn, he said. The Rebbe didn't look like a happy person. <clears throat> he wasn't. He wasn't like you might expect. The Rebbe was an intense person. The Rebbe was, the Rebbe said, he said, how can I be happy? I, I, at least on the outside. The Rebbe says, I'm, mamish, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting down all the trees in the path of the final generation before Mashiach comes. I'm, I'm forging a path that's going to enable people to live. It's not easy what the Rebbe was battling against. He said, but don't learn from that. He says, just believe me that I'm happy inside. There's a deep, deep happiness that comes from clarity. What, what, you know, it's not Chazal. People think it's Chazal. It's not Chazal. It's a Rishon. Um, maybe the Me'iri. I think it might be the Me'iri. I have to look it up where it originates. But it's a famous Bitoy, an expression. Ein simcha You've heard this expression? There's no joy like the resolving of a doubt. And that's what they say. It's a, it's a Purim Tyra, right? Because Amalek is going to a Suffolk and the Simcha of Purim is, 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 is eradicating Amalek, getting rid of Suffolk, right? Going so deeply into Suffolk that we reach Vados within the Suffolk, which is part of what we've been trying to get across also tonight. But Al-Kalpanim, that's the greatest Simcha there is because this Krechs is the greatest beer of Amuna. It's the greatest beer of who I really am and what I really want and what life can really be. It's the greatest clarification. There's no greater Simcha than this. Adarab, I would say, Tamdliyas B'Simcha just means to sigh the whole day long. No. He says what? Yeah, but he's later already. I think the B'Sistav is an Acher. Um, it's, it's in the Rishayinim, but a lot of people think it's Chazal. You could, you could Google it. I, I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find it. There's something amazing called Stack Exchange, or they, or they're like a big lumdum, apparently. I don't know what, what they're doing, but apparently they're sitting in like their grandmother's basement, just like with the Yadiyas the whole day on their netbook with like a internet stick. I don't know, but like, I don't know where these people come from. Their mom is going in and they're like, their mom is just on the computer all day, just hacking things. So anyway, that's a good place to look. Okay, let's finish. We're not going to have time to, to see both pieces. We'll get to the next piece um, next week. But let's finish this Torah. We'll see the piece from the Dagobah and Ephraim and we'll go back to Shimi's favorite Torah next week. This is a good thing to do. Is the recorded notes of those that were by Rabbi Nachman before Rabbi Nassim came. Rabbi Nassim only came seven years before Rabbi Nachman left the world. And so Rabbi Nachman didn't live an extremely long life. He lived 39 years, 38 years, Machlekes. But there were many, many years of teaching because Rabbi Nachman started his chassidus at the age of 13, which was the day of his bar mitzvah, of course, and the day of his wedding. And that's when he started his chassidus. I'll just parenthetically tell you that story very quickly, where it's brought down that the Rebbe, at his wedding, started going around <clears throat> to all the people at the hall. And he started asking them, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And they were answering him, I'm the, I'm the uncle of the kala. I'm, the, I'm your, I'm your shver's business partner. I, yeah, everybody had a different reason what he's doing at the chassan. And the Rebbe Mamish was going around to all the guests and what are you doing here? So then the Rebbe finally noticed that there was a bacher. Maybe he was sighing, but he was sitting in the corner alone. And the Rebbe went over to him and he said, and what are you doing here? And this boy Mamish looked at the Rebbe in the eyes, two boys. And he said, you know something? I'm Mamish just now thinking about that question. What am I doing here? 
What was my neshama brought into this world for? Listen to the way, the paradigm, that's how he heard the Rebbe's question. And that's, of course, the way the Rebbe meant it. And here we come to, I think, some of the most beautiful words in the whole Breastlover canon, whatever I've seen. It's not that much, but whatever I've seen. The Rebbe looked him in the eye and he said, The Rebbe says, it would seem that there's going to be a very, very deep connection between us. Because this was the kind of person that the Rebbe wanted to speak to, the kind of person that was dancing his way through life when nobody else could hear the music. You're at a wedding, I mean, what do you... No, but the person who was tuned into a higher mic, just a different kind of person, he was connected to the Chavot of Kedusha. He was connected to the site of Shtika. He was mamish singing his whole his whole life. What are you doing here? Hmm. Everybody else thinks they're at a chasana. And he thinks, and he knows that he's, he's mamish trapped in a goof. That happens to be at a chasana right now at this moment in time. But what is here? Here is not in a wedding hall. Here is in the Olamasiyah. And it would behoove us to think about this question. What are we doing here? That, that was how the Rebbe started his chassidah. So the Rebbe grabbed him by the hand and they went out to the fields. Who was, who was it? This was, I believe, Rebbe Shimon. Rebbe Shimon the Gabbai. Yeah? Shama, Shama. Shimon the Shamash. And it was like, he said, Shama. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Rebbe Shimon, actually, if you know, is buried in Svas right underneath the Beis Yosef. It's a pella. It's the Beis Yosef. And then Mom's the next level down is Rebbe Shimon the Mesharis. And, as I only learned, so this is the most recent time I was in Svas, Rebbe Nussin's son is buried I don't know how, the, if you know the story, I'm trying to find the story. I should probably ask, I have a couple of people I could ask, how he was like to such a thing. Your mamash have the Ariya Kaddish, the Bez Yosef, and then, and then, and right there is Rav Nassim's son, who was, who was a businessman. He wasn't like a Rabbi Yitzchak, he was a big tzaddik. Rabbi Yitzchak, the subject of most of Alam Latrufas to this Rabbi Yitzchak, is buried right next to the, like in the thick of it, the Ramak, and, and unbelievable. Fine. So this is the Xavier Chaver. And he talks about over there also how valuable this Sai is, and it's explained. This that a person cracks, this that a person expresses, Ratzon Tov, which is the essence of everything. This is even more valuable than many different kinds of fasting and rolling in snow and all the different kinds of self afflictions. Kibetainus, he says, in a mashavarak What do you gain? Snow? Yeah, which was one of the one of the earliest brought down from Kadmonim. They would mamish try to like humiliate the body by, by by putting it, subjecting it through all these terrible yisurim as a as a tikkun, one of the tikkunim, which the Ramchal wasn't a fan of. Other others also, the Balshemtiv came to the world. He said, forget it. It's not the avoid anymore. But it used to be chasidim reishayim on their level. He said it was good, but that was only for the guf. If you sigh properly. It's it's not just okay. I have a body and I have to and I have to roll it in snow. It's mamish like we feel in that moment so futile. Mamish, we're connected to the vanity of living on such an existential level that there's no goof at all. You hear it's it's not it's not like okay there's a goof and I have to I have to be mashpal the goof. We're sighing from such a deep place that it's mamish, the whole thing is hevel avalim, kipshutai hevel avalim a sigh of all sighs kaval hevel avalim hakol hevel right. As we're learning here, get a new neshama in that moment. Mamish a new neshama, which of course is connected to neshima. Take a new, a new breath, it's a new, it's a new neshama. But it depends what kind of breath. Right? 
Hu chevel. Right again, that's why I said it's like a play on words. The hevel, the breath, the sigh is the chevel, the rope that we're connected to. Mikasha Hashem the makam sharsha is what binds the soul to the place of its essence. Either and when a person breathes like this, and then you give on. It's as if there's a there's an aspect of Misa, we become disconnected from the previous rope, and we connect ourselves to the other rope. Let's just see the Dagamach and Ephraim very, very quickly, and then we'll finish. Kiki Balti says from the Balshema Kadosh, Menadoni Avi Zikeni. The Dagal, of course, was the uncle of Rabbi Nachman. It was the, the brother of Fago, also the brother of Rabarach of Mezbiz. Rabarach was Gavura. The Dagamach and Ephraim is Kokulai Chesed. Obviously, if you learn Dagals, total, total Chesed. Chesed and Gavura, and then Fago. Where Rabbi Nachman was Nishtal Shafram was the aspect of Tiferes. That's Rabbi Nachman himself is the big synthesis of everything. So he comes from that aspect of, of Tiferes. Any questions? Is it mixed with Kedonis? What's that? Is it mixed with, not, not one of Kedonis. The Dagamach Nefraim? No. No. It happens to be in um, Nishmas Yisrael. They have a, a Mekroyz Kedonis type with all the Pirushim of the Hasidim. It's very beautiful, actually. It's a very amazing, amazing set, that set. So one and one of theirs is, is Dagmach in France. So maybe you open that one. So, so I don't know. It's a Hasidish safer. So he says like this. Kikibalti says, I received from my grandfather. Kikeresh Hua Adam. He says the Krushim and the Mishkan is Mama's a reference to man. What does this mean that Keresh is, is the Adam? What, what, what does it mean? Okay, there's it, it, something that it means I'll peep shoot, I'll peep shot also, because the Keresh is what held the whole Mishkan together, right? The Keresh was locked into the Adonim, the sockets on the bottom, and then the, the tapestries were connected, they were all connected on top, and that's man. The man is the is, is the is the Hamshacha from the Elyoinim and the Tachtoinim, Tzadik, Kol Bashamayim of Aaretz. Right, that's the Indian of the Tzadik, that's Mekasher, all the worlds, the Bechina, the Beis Hamikdash, we're having an earth kiss. This is what it is to be a human, is what it is to be a Jew. But he says a different thing. rather. He says this word keresh, if you switch around the letters, it's also kesher, which means a bond, like a knot. And this is a hint to man. Because our job is to bind all the different levels of reality together. Nasa Adam, like the Nebuchadnezzar says, what was Nasa Adam? All the forces in creation came together and invested themselves within this thing we call man. And a person, therefore, needs to try as much as he can to bind his thoughts with the Creator. And again, it doesn't mean to walk down the street and thinking in a sugya. If you can, wonderful. It just means to live life with the realization that life is lived within the embrace of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Life is the unfolding reality of Hashem, as we've been discussing in the previous year. And in the light of last week's year, even in the challenges, which is all Yaakov of Inu in disguise, right? This week's parasha. And this, we're connecting the transcendent godliness with the imminent godliness of the Kaddish Baruch Hu inside the world, as it were. And we're mamas bringing the whole world together. If we turn our gaze and we begin to look toward the Hevel of Olam Hazeh, he also used the word Hevel, which are really just Momentary. Which also connects to Kayala saying, When we get rid and we, and, we, and we remove ourselves from the realm of 
Soif, soif davar. Zeu shemekusha v'sheker chas v'shalom. He says this is connecting himself, chas v'shalom, to sheker, which is the same letters as kesher and keresh, right? So this is the zelu umaseshu gam kima oisius keresh. This is also the keresh of Adam could either be kesher or sheker. And he says, like Rabbi Nachman, it's up to us to choose every minute. <clears throat> this is what the Baal Shem HaKadosh said on the Pasuk. Scary thing. An intense thing even. Which literally means, Hashem says, Be careful that you shouldn't turn your hearts away. You'll turn away. And then, You're going to turn to serving. Says the Baal Shem No, that's not what it means. Says the, says the Baal Shem, if you should do nothing more complex or nothing more intense than simply turning away from a Kaddish Baruch for a minute, immediately that already is. Because again, the Rebbe says there's two Chavalim and Hashem is either everything to you or nothing to you. So the Rebbe, Baal Shem, it was very, it wasn't just like, okay, I'm a Yid, I believe in God. Is Hashem everything to you? Because if not, even just a little bit, then already Vavatim Lehemachem. What's that? How to get engineers in there? Because, because it's just a sigh away. Because it's just a little bit of a revelation of the deeper person we have inside that wants to do right, that's nauseated with this world. But it doesn't mean that every moment of my life is equal in its rightness, right? There are better moments, there are worse moments. There's, there's Aliyah saying, you read this. Enchemiyash doesn't do away with that. Enchemiyash means. That the Rebbe is telling us this amazing thing that just as easy as it is to turn away, just, just turn back in the other direction, like the Kruvim. And you turn, and the Kaddish Baruch Hu turns, it's just a sigh away. Maybe that will be the title of this year. It's just a sigh away. Let's finish. In the Bashentav's conception of Akadish Baruch, which is not a concept of a God that we really need to serve, and He gave us the Torah, and we believe the Animamans. No, Hashem is everything. In that context, turning away from that, as I that's already considered Mamash idol worship. Because you're a Keresh, and you're either going to be Kesher or Chas Shalom Sheker. Says the Rebbe, it's a breath away. So it's a gavaldik chizik, but it's also it's also intense because life is lived like the Hasidim said, on the edge of a knife, with hell on one side and hell on the other side, and the path of life is on the knife edge. The Balshemtiv didn't come to make life easy. He came to make life divine. Did he come to make it easy? Because it's far easier to live with like a lukewarm perception of elokus, and so, yeah, I'm a good Jew, you know. But I'm tefillah, and then just tell me it's okay. But the Baal Shem Tov was intense. But again, it's not the life that the Baal Shem Tov came to try to address. It's not as if you're a person, and the Baal Shem Tov says, "Be a person that's a, in, a, a flame with godliness every single minute, and be careful because vasartem avadem The Baal Shem Tov wanted to gift us with. A moichin ilah, from, from, from where you're a different person, the Gamri. Different person, the Gamri. And over there, everything is glach. Over there, everything is easy. It's smooth. It's, it's ruik. It's, everything is calm. Yishavadas. Makimenuchaseinu rak belokim. Rak belokim.
Adkan, Bezer Hashem. Next week we'll go back to the to the next piece, which is even a stronger level of chizik. But this is a good hakdama. This is everything there is. I'm just trying to get ahead around the concept of you talk about energies putting you in both directions and obviously the intensity of it, and actually you're gonna have anxieties when you're always gonna be nervous about this and nervous about that. If you've got a knife and you're on the blade of it, how can I have nachs and nafesh knowing you have to be conscious of the of falling to the right foot and the left? How can you holding on to a mich? It could be kind of a a middle ground, but to have the concept of putting a nafesh together with. Juggling? How does that work? The idea idea that the Rebbe seems to be suggesting, and what we've been saying, is that the whole tachlis of of emuna on this level is not to deny that things seem to be broken, but to begin to change our perspective on brokenness so that we're, initially we might think that that's a stira to elokus, that's a stira to menucha, that's a stira to oneness, because look how things are falling apart. The Rebbe's conception is, ah, is mamish adrabba. The more is. things fall apart, the more we have the ability, mamish, from that place, to find menucha in them. When I get myself out of the way, and I let a Kaddish Baruch Hu tell his story through Calm me. the storm. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Mamish, the, in the eye of the storm. Yeah. The, the, they say that the eye of the storm, when you look like that, just that center point is mamish. Still. Not the calm before the storm, <laughs> that's something else. The I'm eye, the but in the storm. Right, the calm in the storm. And until until we really start to live on this way, it, it's very very hard to to imagine. But I I've been zayich mamish to like little glimpses of it. I'm sure all of us have a little glimpse of it. Like when you're mamish, if you're zayich to be a parent, and like just really everything is havoc. Like really, you know, so much that it becomes funny. Like at that point, that's that's emuna. Could only be Hashem at this point. So life is falling apart. I'm not gonna pretend life is not falling. apart. life is falling apart. This is also the unfolding of Elokus. Crazily enough, the minute that I start to accept things, the minute that I start to get myself out of the way, the minute that I begin to change my conception of life so that I'm not at a wedding hall, but the wedding hall is within Olam that I find myself in, meaning I start to operate on the level of the Rebbe's, what are you doing here? Everything changes. Everything changes. Because I'm no longer operating out of this consciousness of a person called Yaakov Klein with, with, with this past and these hopes. and these... It's called bittel. It's called bittel. It's very hard to do. It's constant avoid. It's not easy. It's not a switch. But la'at, 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 la'at. And the derech of the Rebbe, the eights of the Rebbe, things begin to change. So with this avoidance sign, is it, is the Rebbe saying it's all or nothing? So you have to mishal this called good for if you get a little sign, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's shema, you'll get there eventually. Or is it, is, does it have to be mamish? The Rebbe seems to say that there are madrigas, right? He says over here, um, toward the beginning, right? But I don't think he means that there are different levels of size. I think he means that the sighing is relative. So even a little sigh for a year is, is what it goes. It's a very big sigh. It's, it's a very, very big sigh. Yeah. Okay. Let's do one niggin. We'll do Marv. Yeah. Have yeah. we have time for for one niggin? Yeah. But we have to do it very slow for something else. I noticed in England they like to sing everything very. Let's take it. Let's. let's Oh, oh, oh.
I 